and welcome to the final Copcast of the season. We tried to get everybody on board for this particular podcast, but sadly, Omar and uh, our man Chief uh, could not make this one. So we've got everybody else. Uh, and I'll start off, Neil Devlin in Belfast. and uh, missed the last couple. How happy are you, Neil? I am ecstatic. I'm the happiest I've ever been, which is a very low fucking bar, but it's a bar nonetheless. How are you, Dave? I can sense the excitement in your voice. I can. <laughs> no, no, I'm all right. I've got a whole summer to to be skeptical of now. Where's my oyster? It's <laughs> a whole summer to bitch about it, and hopefully we won't be bitching about. We'll get into that. Uh, next up, also in Belfast, we have John Henderson. John, how are you this evening? All well with you? All well, Dave. Yes, I'm good. I'm probably a wee bit higher on the bar than Devlin, but that's no shock. No, oh, well, there's absolutely no. There's no. And there's no shame in that either. <laughs> <laughs> None at all. Anybody can be. <laughs> Anybody can be. Uh, next up, also in Belfast, is a theme here. Uh, we have Dave Dunning. As always, how are you, Dave? Uh, how's the gardening going? Gardeners had to take a back seat, Dave. Oh, it's not dear. good. It's not, it's not good. I walked. I walked into the house this morning and uh, felt a great deal of anxiety to, to stay of it. Eat. So it's rained. We're back to normal oh, here. Oh dear. I know. Oh, dear. I know. But hey, yes, apart from that, I'm grand. How are you? I'm grand. Two days rain here as well. Fucking rain then. Can't go out. Fucking awful. But sure, it'll only be two days. That's the good part about it. And last but certainly not, not least, uh, and the furthest away in, in Scotland, we have Ali Thompson. Apart from destroying uh, 11 pieces of me, how are you, Ali? Yeah, I'm great. I feel the odd one out here with uh, everyone else being from over there. No, all good. Um, just, as I say, odd one out here. But uh, apart from that, uh, too far too hot over here. I'm not used to this. Was it 21, 22? It was up at 28 today. My goodness. Oh, we don't all get the luxury of your beach beach life there, so no, we've got to take what we can. Sadly, it remains about 28, 29 today with that fucking rain. It's horrible. Horrible, muggy, muggy, horrible. Right, but listen, yeah, but Liverpool. <laughs> I know, it's nice a bitch. Liverpool, we managed to get fourth, and we'll start with a happy, clappy Neil. Neil, satisfied, disappointed... How, how would you class your feelings of, of this season past? Well, I said from August, uh, you agreed with me that fourth, well, you take fourth at any point, you snap a hand off. So I can't complain by my own by my own logic. Like I, I have to be happy, and I am happy because we're probably the sixth best squad, and we came top four. We beat both Arsenal and United, who've I, I would say significantly better squads than us to that fourth place. It's just all becomes a wee bit uh, murky when you think that we were top for quite some time and then Chelsea went on that run and then it came to January and we decided that we wouldn't do anything to bolster that but fourth was fourth was the main aim this year I have a friend who's an Arsenal fan who's on giving me shite basically about how well you didn't get a cup the fucking irony of that isn't lost on me he's going oh you've got your your fourth place trophy and I'm fucking doing that for the last 12 years basically but we're we're on an upward trajectory and they're on an out downwards trajectory, so I think it's looking up. It allows us to to get the players. Well, it should allow us. There's no excuses if we don't get the players now. It allows us to get the players that we need to to kick on and try and move into a period of sustained success, and not just be a blip like it was in thirteen fourteen, where we just flashed in the pan ourselves into it. it. Wasn't really the plan. We were ahead of schedule. It seems this is this was planned. It's all moving in a, in a nice, smooth upwards trajectory rather than up and down and up and down and up and down. And it's going to all be about staying in that top four. I would expect maybe to get an FA Cup or a, a League Cup next year and top four. That will be the real sign of progress. But I'm definitely happy this season because instead of from the start, fourth was the aim and we got there. And we're seated as well. So it's bonuses all around, really. No, I hear you on that, and you know, share your, you know, I, I sort of said fifth to seventh, I think, on the first podcast that we did this season, and as you say, we're, we're probably about the sixth best squad in the league, but there was a stage, and, and you know, I'll come to John on this one, there was a stage where I actually thought that, that fourth was, you know, well, we'll, we'll do much better than that, I'm not saying I ever thought I would win the league or anything, but I thought we would have maybe got that automatic place in the Champions League. As Neil pointed out there, John, January and December really did sort of cost us a little bit. But, you know, in the overall scheme of things, how are you feeling about it? Pleased that we got there in the end. But I think it was a massive missed opportunity, the season just gone by. And I know you look at Chelsea's point total, that might sound a bit stupid because they went on a run that was unprecedented. It was ridiculous what they did. But, 
you know, that after we'd beaten City turn of the year, and we were the closest challengers. You know, other people have said already about, the, you know, I know Neil was clear on it. He always thought we would drop away. I did, did not envisage that we'd be so bad for two months and completely fall out. I just did not think we had that kind of collapse in our makeup. Um, so that was very disappointing. We all had our own feelings on Apple bolstering the squad in January as well. And, you know, that turned out to be a mistake. I think it was a missed opportunity because you look at that mini league table of, you know, against the teams around us. And we, we had such a good season. It'll be very difficult. Even Tim, that's, a, not, that's not really a surprise, though, is it? You know, like we do do well against our direct rival. It's, it's these Midland teams that we, we have been struggling with. And I think for me, next season, that's what I want to see the improvement in. We've done all right. I mean, we did okay, I suppose, the, the season before club. But I, I wouldn't say that. You know, we, we've been struggling. You know, we, we've been struggling for a league position. You, you, you know, all those seasons, you've only finished, what, twice in the Champions League places in seven years. There's been a lot of piss-poor performances as well. So I think that's a frustration for me, was that, you know, we just we just dropped stupid points. I suppose everybody can point to, point to that. And the squad did hurt us. And there's a couple of things that, you know, we weren't shy about calling out. We all felt that Manny was the only player of his type on the squad. And we knew he was going in January. The fact that we didn't have a backup for him, like a wide, fast player, you know, even you know, like Markovic, who done, I thought he'd done okay. But the fact we didn't, we didn't plan for that. And then obviously continue getting the injury when he did. I think it was a it was a missed opportunity, but to, to be more positive about it, it was Klopp's first full season. We finished with seventy six points. You know, we got into that top four, as Neil says. We've got, we've got top four against squads that are that are better than us. So the, the trajectory is, you know, the improvements there for all to see. But we've got to make sure now. And I know I said this in the last pod that we done that this isn't the flash in the pan. This is a classic Liverpool thing to do: push the boat out, get it, have a good season get into the top four but, um, or have a challenge and then collapse. You know, when we've, we've had title challenges and collapsed immediately after under Benitez, under Rodgers. So we, we just need next season to be, you know, right up there, right in the mix and qualifying again as a, as a minimum. And hopefully if we get the right players, in, we can do that. Oh, absolutely. And we'll, we'll move on to those players. Actually, you know, that's the next thing we'll, we'll talk about. Dave, you know, yourself, you know, I know you were up and down throughout the season, you know, but like myself, really, you, um, you believed it would kick on at one point, and you know, and then the realization sort of kicked in. But but overall, I'm sure you're satisfied. Well, yeah, I think you have to be. Um, I think if you're not satisfied, you're living. Have to see that. Have said or is absolutely right that on paper we're the sixth strongest squad in that division. I think that as the season overall, we're progressing is probably ahead of schedule based on that. But in the same time. It probably just about meets everybody's expectations because anything less than a top four finish, regardless of the teams around us, would have been viewed as not much short of a disastrous season, especially with no trophies in the cabinet. So it's significant. I think it's significant in the progression of the the club under under Klopp and the direction that that the ownership's chosen to take us in now after various different approaches so hopefully it's it's found a it's found a way of taking us forward to some some type of sustained success which would be great i look at the season overall and it for me on reflection now that i've had a bit of time to reflect it's it almost coincides with coutinho's injury and then his eventual return to form after he's come back um because before he got injured we were we're pretty much unplayable most weeks. And I know there's lots of other things to consider. And I'm not saying that this is... is so you, you're, you would class the Coutinho uh, injury as more of an impact than the Manny injury? Well, I, 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 think we, I think we stopped playing... We weren't playing well before Manny went. When he returned, we, we still couldn't get that form back. Um, and I think... How many league games did he miss? I, I, think, it, I think it was three league games he missed. So... I think the injury towards the end of the season, you know, rules them out for far more games than the African Nations Cup. But I think that I think the continuing injury was a more significant factor because there was no 
it was no coincidence that when he started to find form again, you know, against, I think, probably he scored against Leicester when he wasn't playing particularly well. And I think the Arsenal game at home was the first time we saw saw a glimpse of him getting back to his, his old self again. And um, and after the Arsenal game, I think we went on a run of only losing one in our, in our next 12, which was the final 12 of the season. So I think that's significant. We've seen him move back into a position he played previously under Rodgers and again the impact there when he's got when he's got the movement of Alexis Sturridge and he went up another gear to be honest yeah he, he moved into that he absolutely did he, he went back into that level of performance he was showing at the start of the season so I, I just think we sometimes underestimate his his importance to the team the problem with him is is, is generally that type of injury standard every season but yeah we're over the line and I think that's the, I think that's the one thing I, I find really really significant here is that that group of players who struggle to get over the line on you know, so many occasions over the last three, four years, cup finals, top four finishes, league challenges. And this is this is something that there was an end goal they needed to achieve and there was significant pressure coming from Arsenal behind them. They knuckled down and and managed to, to get to get there with don't forget, seventy six points. It's huge, a huge number of points for a fourth Did it in style. Did it in style too, David yeah. as well. Four. 3-0 in the last two games you know, absolutely absolutely and really good performances as well Johnny you're 100% right really really good performances so um, after, after the first goal I would agree but up until then a bit nervy yeah but uh, I think the point is we, we, we went in there and we got the first goal pretty early in those games West Ham was a little bit nervy at the start you know, we, we came out the second half and that, that game, we blew them away. And then we came out the second half against Borough and, and, you know, the game was done after an hour. It was over. It was job done. I think we've learned a lot from the season. And I think that's the, the one thing we, we do need to, we do need to learn to take experiences like we did Watford away last year, the Watford away this year, you know, the, the difference in those performances and, and what we've learned, what, what the team learned. From, from last season, you know, if we can apply that a bit more next year with with obviously much more squad depth, I think we're we're in a good place. Uh, hopefully, the experience of uh, experience does not make a left back comes into play somewhere over the summer. But anyhow, Ali yourself, uh, I think satisfaction is the word that we've moved on to now. Are, are you in the in just the, the satisfied bracket? Yeah, I think like Dave says, you kind of have to be. I mean, if if, if you're not, then like, what's the point? Before the season, I was thinking fifth, sixth, the same as you. And then I got a bit too carried away with the start of the season and then uh, not having any Europe or like no other distractions. So you're thinking, yep. So we went on that run. Then you think, OK, January, we're going to strengthen and just push on. And we did nothing. And then after that, I, I really was struggling to see us get stay in the top four with the run we were on. I think that kind of surprised me the most, how no teams really went ahead of us and took advantage of that. But look, we, we, got, we got over the line and I was pleased by the shall we say, bottled the mental strength in those last few games because they were, they were huge games for those players and we got over the line. So regardless of what, what you think of the, the overall performances or the overall season, like at the end of the day, we, we got top four and that's realistically what we, should, what we were achieving that season. That's good. I'll stick with you, Ali, because we'll, we'll, we'll move on. And guys, feel free to bail in uh, and, and sort of roundtable as much as you want. But I'm sort of curious as to, you know, we're, we're in the silly season. The transfer window is going to swing open here in a, in a matter of weeks. Uh, you know, Klopp in his final press conference informed us there that, uh, you know, deals are at uh, advanced stages. Ali, for you, you know, how many how many do you see incoming and um, maybe even position-specific? Position where do you see them coming into play and so on? And I'll say, guys, feel free to, to, to bail in on this one far away. I'd like to think we've got six players minimum coming in to be honest but who knows I mean Klopp's never been one or in his Liverpool time to make so many big big players come in for first choice because that's what I want to see come in I don't really want to see too many youngsters or ones for the future because we need to start getting improving the first team but I just hope we get six I still think we need two centre-backs two a centre-midfield a striker, a left back, and another winger. I think we'll get. I think six minimum. I think Ali's right. Six minimum. From what I'm told, be better saying you know six first team. You know what? What we buy for the youth ranks, I don't think should be included. But maybe in, in this. No, it'll not know, be. It'll, it'll not be the youth ranks. It'll be to come into the first team squad and be ever present. Uh, there's at least three starters. 
coming in that I've heard about. So that's a start. And then send a guy today, I actually don't know that much about him. Uh, to be honest, I've never heard tell of him. I don't know what he's like. I'd imagine he's coming in to replace Danny Ings, seems to be the, the shout. But then again, there's talk that Origi maybe wants to go back to France. So as long as he's as long as he's coming in to just be an understudy or to play in the Cups or whatever, that's fine. I would, I would be quite worried if that's the standard of striker that we're, we're going to buy because maybe Klopp doesn't want to play with a striker or whatever. It, I think we really we really need that front man and I had figured all along that the front man was going to come in and somebody with a bit of experience maybe not a Lacazette maybe not like an Aubameyang or something who everybody seems to really want but somebody with a bit of experience at playing the number nine role and being that's what they are not this multifunctional player that everybody seems to love these days uh, false nine so to speak or for another Firmino type we really need that because Daniel Sturridge showed it in the last couple of games that if you have a focal point in the front of the attack, a guy who knows how to finish, things happen. Because if the team is sitting back in a flat bank of two sets of four and you stick a man in there who just needs a sniff of a chance, then they all get antsy, they all get scared, double up on him, that creates space and then the whole system starts to work from there. So I think we really need to go for that calibre of player, that specific role. I think it's even maybe more important than even a Keita or whatever or a Van Dyke because our our attack was get it our problem our main problem this year was everybody sat back and we didn't know how to play through them and then defense wasn't really our problem this year yeah we've got the usual defensive mistakes and stuff like that but it's only because we we were hitting our heads up against a brick wall at the other end I don't know how you feel about that but I actually don't think defense is really the problem and I don't really think Midfield is the biggest problem either. We've conceded the least goals we've conceded in the last five years this season, which I was quite shocked about. But it it obviously shows an improvement. Yeah, it's not. What happens is we we chuck everything at them and then we lose a lose a stupid goal on the on the break or whatever. But other big teams do that. They lose out stupid shitty goals, but they've already scored their three or four goals at the other end because their attack's working how it should be. We've too with this problem with too many number tens. I feel like. It feels year after year we keep buying attacking midfielders and we don't buy that focal point. And that's what we've been missing the last couple of years. Like we, We've always been at our best when we've had a focal point because we had Suarez in 13-14, we were brilliant, and we had Torres in 09 and we were brilliant. And that's when our that's when our main attack and our main campaign has always came from, is with a good striker up front. It was the same when we had Owen and we had Fowler. No, no real team does much in the league unless they have a focal point at the front. Look at Costa, for example. He's take his points out of from Chelsea, and he would have finished something like seventh. Do you think that we will? Because I'm really conflicted about this. Every player we seem to be linked with and have seen to be linked with, there hasn't been out and out goal scorer amongst them. However, when you look at the teams that the Klopp played with at, at Dortmund in particular, you know Lewandowski, he went and bought a Bamiyang to re- replace him, but again. Aubameyang was essentially a wide player used across the front line who he converted to a number nine. So do you think we'll actually go and sign, like, for instance, Timo Werner or somebody like that? I, th- I think we will. I'm because, not sure that we will. No, but I think that we will because he had Lewandowski and then he went for Mobley and it just didn't work out. And I went for Aubameyang. I didn't quite work out either. Yeah, Aubameyang's a wide player, so to speak, but it's main trades and playing through the middle and scoring goals. Mobile just didn't work out for him. So there, he has a track record of signing those types of players. It's just, yeah, it hasn't worked out for him in the past, and that's maybe why he's gone down the route of having a couple of number 10s rather than a false 9 rather than just playing straight through the middle because he got burnt. But he does have that track record of buying them, and if maybe if we have the funds and the player is available, like a Lacazette, uh, maybe he will go for it because... And here's one for you. Um, we were we were we were um, linked to Alario at uh, River Plate last season. I was sort of dead against it. But I'll tell you what: if they went back this season, I'd be all for it. You know, your your descriptions there of of a classic number nine. That's what this kid is. And I can only see him. Get, I can only imagine if he had better service and better players around him that he would be again a better player, even as is. Never mind what he develops into. Uh, and I'm. So, there's no noises about that or anything, but I know that he was on the radar last season, and if he remains on our radar, that that could be a possibility. But 
have we been, have we not been burnt by your guy Allen already? When buying these players from South America, uh, but I think you're in a different di- different position. A different position. You'd be you'd be bringing him in, and you know what we're talking about here is first team squad. Um, you know, you 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 hinted there that yeah, but I'm talking might move. We've we've tried to do that South American thing before, and they have been able to play for us because they're not in the Brazilian national team, and they're not. Oh, really this guy's charging ten in. <laughs> or, he's not in, but he's not a high profile player. Do you know what I mean? Which, which is well, in Argentina, he is. Yeah, you know, he's fast becoming that. Uh, as I say, a year ago when we were looking at him, certainly, you know, what, what you're saying was absolutely correct. But I think that the 12 months difference, my goodness, you, yeah, you know, but, it's along the same, which same may, lines as Gabby Jesus, you know. It may be, but if he's not getting, if he's not playing international tournaments at the highest level, UEFA won't let him play, and that becomes a real issue. Well. If, with Sampali going to, to Argentina now, all, all these young players are actually getting a sniff. So he is the next generation coming up here. And, you know, he does look the part. I'm just curious to see whether we do do anything on that one. But, you know, to, to finish off your part, Neil, on this one, what, what positions are you specifically looking for us to strengthen in? Well, it's centre-back, left-back. I even, even want a right-back, actually. I'm completely done with Klein. I think he's... There's- Many that share that. <laughs> it's very overrated. Uh, yeah, Trent Alexander-Arnold is there, but that's not even his position. He's actually more... Neil, a- Neil, Neil, I thought you said our defence was all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. But then again, the fullbacks are integral to actually going forward rather than defending in a club team, so that's sort of where I'm... We haven't really... We don't have a problem with our fullbacks going backwards, so to speak. It's going forwards. They just fucking crap at it. That's why I was calling out for Marino all season because it wasn't that we were failing at the back; it was we needed somebody to go forward, and he's better than Milner at that. But I would say a centre back have two. Not as good as Milner looking after that other claim. Yeah, true. I would go for two two full backs, centre midfielder, even by two centre midfielders. What's that? Five, and then another another Mane type and a striker. So that's seven, I suppose. Hmm. John, yourself, uh, where, where do you see our signings lying? I, I understand the, the, the point he's making about, about our attack. And he's right, there was games where we struggled, but at the end of the day, you look at, we, we still, we ended up the season with 14 sheets in a row, but we let in 42 goals in 38 games. And the, and I think the most, the biggest one for me was, if, if you look at, some of the real calamity games. Like there's a couple of real fucking calamity games um, last season, and and we didn't lose them because our attack couldn't break them down. You know, we we lost three two at home to Swansea. We lost four three at um, Bournemouth. And I think generally speaking, when you've scored seventy eight goals, I mean, I think Chelsea scored seven, maybe eight goals more than us, but their defence was about eight or nine goals better. I still think for me, there's a there's a fundamental problem there with with our defence, and I am confident. And, and it's funny enough, you know, that there's a lot of speculation even this evening that Van Dyke's fairly advanced, and and, and Mendy uh, from Monaco's advanced. But for me, absolutely one one hundred percent that we need a centre back, we need a left back. Um, I think I, I agree totally with with what Neil's point about our fullbacks, Klein and Milner. You know, they're they're not good enough in the Final third, I think Milner really narrows the pitch for us, just with the way that he he needs to come inside. I feel a bit sorry for Milner, in fairness, not because he he gets massive money and stuff like that, but he is playing he, he is playing out of position. And and I think that you know him and him you could definitely upgrade on that. Um, there is big big traction tonight on on, on the defence with, with, with Van Dyke, and I think he'd be a massive step in the right direction. I think he's the best centre back in the league. Um, and I think him and, and Maddop would be very, very, very good. I think if you get a, a left-back and a centre-back and a creative midfielder, you know, there's a lot of talk about that. Klopp likes that player that can play centrally, that can dribble, that can break through. And, you know, Nabikita is exactly that. And and he would be the, the ideal. Um, I think as well, absolutely 100% agree with the point about the wide. We could do with a Manny-type player for the left-hand side as well just a player with a lot of pace down the left and again there's there's big big traction funny enough there's a lot of stuff coming out tonight but there's big big traction with Salah apparently tonight as 
Well, there's 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 big big rumors that. Uh, but again, that would be a squad player, John, really, wouldn't it? No, I know he wouldn't. I don't think he's, Salah would be a squad player for us. No, uh, I think Salah. You know, if we get him, I could see him and and Mane and and, and Firmino. You know, being being the, the attack. I mean, Salah's a very very pacey left sided player with a great goal scoring record. Yeah, but there's big traction on that, so I think that I think that could I think that could happen. But I am I think the numbers that people are talking about are right. I mean, we'll all be disappointed if there's not half a dozen players in. But for me, they're the, the priorities. I also have this just this grudge as well that we don't bring in a, a proper holding player, a specialist holding player. I don't know if he maybe sees Chan as a long term option, but I think Chan offers more. But I think half a dozen, Dave, and I think those those are the sort of positions. I think everybody sort of agreed on that. I think one of the big ones that we have to call out for a bit of credit is Mignolet. You know, you would have said a few months ago he's dead and buried. You know, it's, it's and nobody's calling get... nobody's calling for a goalkeeper. You noticed, John, as well. No, and I listen. I, I still well, I, I still don't agree with what club done. No, actually, I think Carius should have been stuck with, especially after the League Cup game with Southampton. I think he's a huge potential Carius, but there's, you know, he had four clean sheets. He was a changed man in the last couple of months, so he deserves credit. I, I don't think we'll see a goalkeeper, and I think he'll stick with that. But I think defence, midfield, attack, yeah, there'll be players coming in. And finally, for me, the key thing is we don't faff about and buy, you know, squad players as, as we like to do. What we've got to do this summer is we need a buy player players for our first team that make the existing starters squad players because that's, that's what we've been missing the trick we need to turn the likes of your Hendersons and players like that we need to turn them the, you know Lovren although I'd rather we sold them but you know those types of players so Mil- Mil- Milner we'd be better off with them as squad players you know so I hope we buy to improve the first team because if we don't we'll just be overtaken no doubt about that no, and there's a rumor there knocking about about us looking at Casillas as well. I'm not so sure that that's that's the right way forward. But Dave, yourself, pretty much in agreement, or do you, do you see it any way different? I see five. I think five is the most we're going to see that will go straight in. You might see eight, nine overall, but I think you're getting you're getting a centre half. I think that's nailed on. You're getting some type of centre half. You get a centre midfielder if you like a box to box centre midfielder. If there is such a thing anymore, which by all accounts, looks, those two look like um, Van Dijk and Keita. So, and then I think you may be seeing two versatile forwards, pacey. Hopefully, I just, I just want, I personally just want to see pace. I want to see as much pace as we can get into that side, um, because I think that's the one thing that the, the, the team is missing, um, and it's pace at the top end of the pitch. I don't necessarily think you'll see a left back unless it's. An, an understudy to what Milner's going to be because all the sounds coming out. You know, last year it was Chilwell. This year it's been Sessegnon. Although... Who the fuck's going to be interested in being an, an understudy to a field centre midfielder at left-back? <laughs> well, yeah, that, that for see, for a young left-back, that might be an attractive prospect, Neil. No, it's, you might but, think you're... But, but you what are they learning from him? They're going to play a lot of football. But they're learning nothing well, from him. That's, all right, well, say what you want. James <laughs> Milner is... To be fair, an experienced international, a tactically intelligent footballer who's won more trophies and more medals than anybody else in that squad. So that is the other way of looking at it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think the one the one thing that sticks out to me is when the Wijnaldum deal is it sticks in my head because I looked at Wijnaldum and I thought why I couldn't understand why we were signing him. I just couldn't understand it. Because I presumed that he was going to be a front three player or in the number 10 role as he played. But that was my ignorance. I didn't realise where he played for Holland or anything. But you can't be certain when Klopp buys a player that he's going to play in a specific position, I suppose is what I'm trying to say. Milner's, Milner's ov- the obvious example. where he's, like, Who would have thought James Milner would have played, played left back? Lalana moving into that role in midfield. Uh, you know, nobody envisaged that. And it absolutely transformed him as a player. When Aldum's the example as well, Coutinho playing left high up in a front three, again, is something else that we wouldn't have thought because we always viewed him as a, as a, a midfielder, um, threading balls through and picking the ball up from deep. So, you know, when we sign a player, I don't necessarily think that it's nailed on what his purpose is in the squad until we actually see it, is what I'm trying to say. 
So that's going to be interesting. I think that's going to be the most interesting point of the transfer window for me. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with you, Dave, on this one. Maybe quickly run around the table with it. How many outgoings do you see? Um, I, I don't necessarily see too many. Um, I, I think that we, we saw that last season, Dave, and I don't expect to see a mass X. I think, you know, there's some dead wood that needs to be cut away, but I don't think it's a great amount. I could sell you a hundred million pounds worth of players right now. Oh, I know we could all pick that quite easy, but I'm talking about in the real world. I don't think that we can afford to do that. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. I think I think we'll sell a rock between eighty and hundred million pounds worth of players in the summer. And we'll do, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Yeah, go. Right. Um, yeah, go. Do you know what I did? I, I, you, you put this on the agenda, and I was, I was absolutely, I was a bit confused at the start because it's the first time you've ever sent an agenda for anything. But well, it wasn't a very good agenda. That was something. I just no, it wasn't. But for you, it was <laughs> for you. It was fucking highly detailed. So I wrote a wee list. So I think Sacco's going to go for probably twenty-five to thirty million. Great. I, I think Moreno will go for probably about fifteen million in today's market. Connor Randall, three million. Uh, um, Kevin Stewart, right? Now stick with me on this. If Jake Livermore can be sold for ten million, then so can Kevin Stewart. So ten million for Kevin Stewart. Optimistic. Andre Wisdom. Did he win the league with Red Bull Salzburg this year? Take your word for it. Okay, I'm pretty sure that he did. I'd say you maybe get between five and ten million for him. Tago Laurie, at least five million for, for him. Is he still with us? Yeah, he, he's on loan at Reading. Good grief. Um, he Bob Dan, he's just... No, he's on loan at Reading. Or is he already sold? I, I no, he was he's sold in the channel. All right, then. Um, right. 75 to 95 million, then. Um, <laughs> Bob Dan's going to go on a free. I'd get, I'd get rid of Claban for 3 million. Margovic will probably be sold. Not that I agree with it, because I think that the kid still could make it, but I think he'll go for 15 to 20 million. Shiravella will go for five million and Brannigan will go for five million. So that's ninety-one million pounds of pure and utter shite. That's not counting storage might be going to. And I was do you know what? You took a word out of my mouth. That's not that's not even counting that storage may or may not be sold. Nah. You storage know, is going nowhere. You've missed if Lucas as well. Are or storage? What who do you stick? Where, where do you stick and twist? You keep them both. We've shown this season, the way injuries can absolutely cripple us, so you just you just keep them both. Yeah, but if you take Daniel Sturridge out of that, injuries don't cripple you. you. You know where I'm coming from. Yeah, but then you bring someone into account for his injury that actually isn't like Danny Ings, who's also injured. Or He's actually on the pitch, giving you a chance. Exactly, yes. You missed out Lucas and Ings there. They could both go. They could both go. I, I don't know. That could bring so So what I'm saying is, realistically... You could sell £100 million worth of players and you wouldn't really affect the squad as it is. The first, say, 16 players, 17 players, if you include the likes of Woodburn, Trent, Harry Wilson, if you want, Ojo. So there's serious money to be made there, plus the Champions League money. So I expect, I genuinely expect us to go out and buy like at least three players for around about £50 million each. I genuinely expect that. And if I don't see that, I'll be extremely surprised and I will be extremely disappointed. Hmm. I'm the same as Dave. I done the that podcasting couch um, podcast about two months ago now and come up with a similar list, the same as Dave, getting rid of about 20 players and not one that you would miss. Apart from, well, you wouldn't miss because Sacco didn't play and Klopp didn't play Sturridge really either. And I came up with 126 million, the same as Dave. So I expect big money to be to be made and spent this year because with all the money that we have got income in and the last three transfer windows really where we've not done huge business and outgoings that there's definitely money there to be to be made and the players are there I mean we've heard all the names and we've spoke about them all in the WhatsApp group that the players can be can be attained so it's just to see whether the club has the same ambition as ourselves really Indeed and I'm going to nail last purposely on this John where, where, where do you stand on it after what Dave said there? Like, you know, he does make a point, and really, you know, when you do ask the question yourself, all those names, they're not really providing an awful lot for us on, on, on a week to week basis. No, no, there's there's some really good shouts there. There's some really good shouts. I suppose the, the logical thing to think is we're going to, Champions League's going to put a big strain on that squad. For me, it'll be more, it'll be more along the lines of, you, you know, the League Cup and the, F, and the FA Cup. They'll be the cups that'll sort of be used. 
you know, I still, I still can't see us massively rotating um, too many players between league and Champions League. I mean, yes, you'll need to have options to come in. And for example, if you're if you've got a the the option to stick, you know, Henderson in the midfield or 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 or, or, Keda, or if you've got Salah and Sturridge and you've got Mane and maybe another forward um and th- and things like that that's what we're going to need um no i mean it's it's true there you do tend to forget a, a lot of those names um and logic would say for a lot of them the right move would be to move them on and you know get some get some real quality in there but there's no doubt we can raise a fair chunk of money um i know we were on the group um during the week and we were just making the point that you know spent nothing in january made a profit last summer um, with all the TV money that came in then the last season and this season, I think really Champions League money on top now, John, as well. Yeah, we do, we do, and you know the word is that we are going to make that statement that we're going to properly compete. And as I say, there is big rumours this evening that Van Dyke, and I think Van Dyke would be to go out and get the best centre half in the league and probably pay fifty million if that's what we do. That's assigned to other players. You know, it's a statement of intent that, you know, we're not going to piss about and we're going to try and build a serious team. So um, let's hope it's true and it'll be an exciting summer. No, indeed. And, and we'll come across like, Neil, you, you know, the guys are pointing out bits and pieces there. And, you know, John rightly points out the Van Dyke thing. And I've heard whispers in that myself. Um, you know, there's advanced stages. But, you know, we, we've been in advanced stages before. And, and my worry is now, you know, I, I don't pay much heed to these rumours until they're over the line. Because we piss about with wages, we piss about with contracts, and we end up pissing about so long that sometimes we lose them. And and my worry is a player who's in demand, such as, as Van Dijk, and I know Chelsea do, do have an interest in him, we need to get it tied up as quickly as possible. I think that that's the difference that I'm looking to see. And I think you're the same on that one, Neil. Yeah, it's shit or get off the pot time for FSG. They've got their man, they've got into the Champions League, they've got the structure in place that they wanted. Now they've got to stump up the cash. Like, if you think about it, Last summer, we made 20 million in the window and we didn't spend anything in January. Recruitment team have been around for 12 months now doing not a lot, but you can see anyway. So you'd imagine that they'd be doing something in the background and things would be in place. They have to spend the money. I think they realise they have to spend the money at this stage. Uh, they did it in 13-14 where they tried to go out, build up with squad players and it fell flat. And they're not stupid. They realised that the money was wasted back then. Yeah, some of those players have have worked out since, but they've just kind of become squad players, if anything. They're the, they're the players that you want to be your squad players, with maybe the exception would be Henry Chan. So yeah, it's definitely shit or get off the pot stage, because they're never going to get naming rights, for example, for the stand sold if we're not in the Champions League year in, year out. And they see, they see the commercial aspect of being in the Champions League year in, year out, and they understand that they need to pay the fees. Like, we're seeing what? There's 45 million pounds being spent on 16 year olds to Real Madrid now like the market has completely changed from when they take, took over in 2010 Lunacy. Yeah, Lunacy. It's, it's, it's crazy and they, they have to move with it. they have to either move with the times or move on that's that's my view I expect I expect big big buys and if just like Dave if it doesn't happen I'd be really really disappointed because they will have no, no excuse you know no, absolutely not I'm with you 100 percent and you know they're they're not behind the door about spending big in baseball so you know that that's another point to the argument. You know, they they they. I know it's a different sport in a different way of contracts, but they compete at the very very top end of those contracts and, and payments. And it, it's why I get slightly confused by FSG and their their methodology in football. But listen, we'll, we'll move away from that, and I'll stick with you, Neil. And you know your your best and worst moments of the season. Um, you tell tell far away. Tell us. <laughs> worst has to be uh, Bournemouth. I don't think there's any other answer. Oh, Bournemouth three one up and then losing four three. That was has to be low. Close second to that would probably be after the Leicester game. I had a wee look at the the table, what it looked like after that Leicester game. I thought we were absolutely fucked after that. So that was a pretty pretty low moment. Best moment, first game of the season for me. I think maybe that game, that twenty minute blitz of Arsenal was the best I have seen us play. In a very, very long time. I don't think we played as well as that for the rest of the season. Even though we were pretty good up until the end of November. I think in a 15-20 minute spell there at Arsenal, that was the best I'd seen Liverpool play since we were blowing teams away in 
and even at that it looked until Arsenal came back and scored three goals it did look a bit more constructed a bit a bit better it wasn't like just all out all or nothing we'll score more than you it just looked like we were the fucking business and of course because it was the first day of the season we didn't really know what was going to come next so we were dreamland at that point so yeah I think that's best that's cool and John yourself your be- your best and worst of the season I'm with Neil 100% the worst was Bournemouth because it was so out of the blue and we were flying at that point uh, I think we were about to go 12 unbeaten 2-0 playing good football in the first half they get back to 2-1 Chan curls in a great goal and it's 3-1 and how we fucking contrived to lose that match 4-3 and it was just such a kick in the teeth and I just like it got everyone back down to earth and it sort of lost us that fear factor you know because we were starting to build up a bit of a momentum around us and we were just blowing teams away teams were coming out to play us and they were petrified and I think that gave teams that encouragement to say you know if you fucking get at this team and put the ball in the box and put that defence under pressure, you know, you'll, you you can turn them over. So for me, that was the low point. And Leicester was, yeah, as I said, that was a real low point as well. For me, the best moment of the season was when Alden's goal there in the last game because it was, it was such a, it was just such an important goal. I mean, we talked about the danger of Vanfield being flat and nervous and getting on at halftime and... It was just literally the last kick of the half it came to him and it was a great finish and it was the most important moment of the season because goal that more than anything got made sure because obviously City were winning, Arsenal were winning. So we had to do our job. We weren't playing well in the first half. You know, it was nerve wracking. Um and I think you can hear it as probably the loudest roar I've heard at Anfield for a goal in a long, long time. It was such a such a big, big moment and such a release of uh, nerves, I think, you know, and then but we that's went the thing on. About us. Now, John, you, you know what I mean? When we know we've got the first goal, you know what's coming after it, and, and it's just breaking that down and getting that first goal in, and, and we're good yeah. once we do that. Yeah, we are, and it just, I mean, we totally relaxed then, obviously, in the second half, and it was, but to me, that was the moment of the season because it was, that was the final, really. That was when we, we sort of knew that we were going to get over the line and get back into the Champions League, so that would be my two, Dave. That's cool, and Ali, yourself. For the worst, I, I agree with the, the Bournemouth one, but I'm going to go a bit different. Gonna, it was a Swansea game for me. Um, just just killed me because they were so pants as well. That or the Palace game in, in April, just I thought that was the game that had killed top four So to, to cross the line. But for my best game, I, I'd have to agree with Neil in the Arsenal game. That blitz that we had, the, the, the type of football we were playing, it was just such a, such a joy. Um, that or, again, the goal that Johnny said that moment when Ronaldo scores just laces through the ball, whether it's the best moment or it's just such a relief. So probably those I'd have to go with. The Swansea game, definitely the, the low point for me. That's cool. And Dave, yourself? My two kind of come pretty close together. For me, the worst the worst was Leicester. I, Bournemouth, I put down a bit of a blip. The Leicester performance fucking absolutely traumatised me. It was right. And after the Spurs game, when you thought we were back on track and would blitz them, would beat them after fucking 20 minutes, absolutely destroyed them. Harry Kane didn't get a kick of the ball for 90 minutes. We were absolutely brilliant. Scored two early goals, managed the game, and you thought, actually, everything's clicked. And then we went to Leicester with their new manager, typical, and never even looked like scoring a goal. Never mind winning the game. So I remember feeling worst. That was the worst. That was my personal lowest point of the season. That was when I felt felt the lowest because at that point I still genuinely thought if if we strung a, a few results together we might get back in the race. But that's my blind and naive optimism for you. So best moment of the season for me, the game afterwards. I was at the game afterwards, which was home to Arsenal and. The, the last minute when Alden goal was absolutely incredible. The place just went off. And again, it was it was a massive, massive, massive win. And and ultimately that result is the difference between us finishing fourth and fifth this season. So that's huge for me. Close second, can't believe nobody's mentioned this. Close second was Manny's last minute goal against Everton in the Derby, which was just brilliant. Not often like sickening those fuckers with a last minute winner. That was good until so, yeah. I remembered I was sat beside you when it happened and then I just kind of put a damper on it. 
Well, <laughs> yeah, he is lying. In fairness, that was a good night. That was a good night. That, that was. was a good night. That was a good night. So, and as I thought, I was with all my friends and Devlin as well. So, um, <laughs> it was yeah. So that was that was a close second for me. And I think I think from my own point of view, the best for me is, is a moment, and it was when Ben Woodburn scored, and just what it meant to him. I think you know what I mean. Like that kid. It really meant something for him to score for Liverpool and something we don't see from our players too often. Um, you know, especially in this world of I call them mercenaries because there's no bloody loyalty left. But that kid looks slightly loyal and it made it stand out for me. So I, I'll go with that. But as for the worst, Bournemouth, it really was. We'll move on. I'll stick with you, Dave. What, what, what's your goal this season? It's Emery Chan, isn't it? It's easy. Yeah, you can't, 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 can't get any arguments. Anybody yeah. not going for, for Emery? No. No, no definitely. Emery's was the best, but uh, do you know what a goal I loved? I loved the one that Manny scored at Arsenal. That was the game. That, uh, that was just that was just pure fuck you. I'm just running here and I'm just fucking you. Sure. Well, good goals this season, lads. You know what I mean? There's plenty of them. The third goal, the third goal away at away at Borough, I think was fucking brilliant. Was it a Rigi? I yeah. can't remember. The third goal away from Bournemouth, it was about fucking. Curls in from the right, the right. Yeah, yeah. We won the ball on the halfway line at the left hand side and, and switched it all the way over to the right and um, get him behind them. And it was a tap in in the end, but it was just brilliant. And an honourable mention to to Jordan Henderson's absolute fucking wonder goal at Stamford Bridge. Manny's goal against Leicester when Sturridge does the back heel. Oh, it was another good. One. That, that was that, another good. It was just incredible. Just we played really well that day actually, and that goal just epitomised everything. We were flying, man. We were so quick. Whatever goal, yeah, there some great goals. We're spoiled this season for goals. Whatever, goals. whatever goal was the scrappiest, shittiest one that looked like one that we conceded was our best goal. <laughs> because we always, always concede them. So when we score them, it's even more sweet. I can't even think of any off yeah. at the minute, but whichever one was the worst one is my favourite. Just an odd, scrappy, guffy one. Yeah. Uh, they all count. They all count. Uh, they all, they all count for one, you're right. John, I'll come on to you for your... Best and worst player of the season? Mane was a player of the season for me. Um, just, uh, he, I, I know he was out for a fair but just he picked up that injury. But his level of performance for most of the season, because when Mane came in, there was a lot of people saying, oh, he'd be great for a couple of months. And then, yeah, you know, he'd die away and, and he didn't. And, you know, you just seen him in that derby at home to Everton, what he brings, you know, and that was funny enough the last time we seen him because he got that stupid fucking injury. Jumping for a ball, but the goal we just he just goes past people so easily with the speed, you know. He was he was definitely the sign. He was a pleasant surprise. I always felt Klopp would know what he was doing and get something out of him. He 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 was great. Um, Clavin for me was the the worst. Just can't really understand why we bought him. Just really indecisive, really really poor. It didn't cost much, but. He, you know, we were sort of hoping he could come in and provide a bit of competition, a bit of cover. And, you know, he was that bad. He didn't even put any pressure on Lovren. Um, that's how bad he is. So he would have been the worst signing for me. Okay, and Neil, I'll come to you this time. Who, who's your best and worst? I dread this, actually. Best? Not sure, actually. Uh, maybe Genie, although he kind of went missing in a lot of games. He kind of went off the boil a bit. Coutinho is probably the player of the season uh, in terms of goals. But my... my my favourite player of the season was probably Emery Chan. Ever since he came back in, Henderson went out. He took the team by the balls and dragged us over the line. So in terms of just my favourite player of the, the year, it's definitely Emery Chan. Uh, worst, uh, I was going to go for Clavin, but if you think about the money we spent on him, it's not that big a deal. It's $3 million or something we bought him for, so it's still got to be Dejan Lovren, hasn't it? $20 million piece of shite. I don't know why he's still here. Well... <laughs> <laughs> he's got a new contract why he's earned 100 grand a week why we persist with this why can Klopp not see it it's just there's fucking so many whys I know it's, I can't he has to be the the worst player in the season he's so he's all the things that Johnny has just said about Ragnar Clavin but he's five years younger and five times and the times price, the price. <laughs> like what the fuck and it's not the only reason I didn't say him was I was going to say the only reason I didn't sign him was because we signed him the summer before. So I was just going by the season signings. But yeah, if you ask me. Oh, his best and worst <laughs> signings are coming next, John. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I thought you meant signings. Uh, sorry, I take it all back. It's fucking lover. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I turn it now. <laughs> turn it now. Dave, yourself. 
Signing of the season. I'm all confused. No, 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 no. Player of the player season. Of the season. Right, player of the season. Um, I'm, I'm going, I'm going Coutinho for forever. I really struggle with this between Coutinho and Mane, but I'm going Coutinho just because when he's at his best, we are at our best, and that was proven throughout the entire campaign. So he's what makes us tick, and it seems to be no matter where he's playing on the pitch, he seems to be the difference. So he's my player of the season. Worst player of the season. I've really, although he played probably about 150 minutes all year, I really want to say Moreno, because I think everybody's forgotten how shit he actually is. But it's, yeah, it's obviously Lovren, isn't it? No, it is. You can't, you can't argue with that. And I love your continue, shared continue and be mine as well. As you rightly said, the phase is most important and the key moments of this campaign. He was instrumental in them, and I think, well, you know, for me, that's what sort of sets him above. Ali, yourself, to finish this bit off. I'm glad somebody else said it, and it's not just my bias, but for me, it was Emery Chan. Like the way you and Dave described Coutinho when, when he ticks Liverpool tick, well, I think Coutinho and Chan are the two most important players we've got. When those two are on their game, we've got a chance. Just Emery just seems to be the one who does just grab a game by the scuff of the neck and can drive us on. Um, and I just thought, as Neil said, when when he came in, he he was just outstanding, and you could just tell he was over that injury. And from probably about what March, no, but, but earlier than that, based on the last ten games of the season, he was just untouchable right through. And love and shite. So let's just skip the worst player because he's going to be my answer for every season from now until he leaves the club. No, I hear you, and, and you know, I, I don't really think that there, there'll be much of a discussion around the best signing of, of, of the campaign, and maybe not even the worst signing of the campaign. Ali, who, who for you are the best and worst signings then? Um, well, Manny's definitely the best signing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna change the worst signing. I mean, as Neil said for Clavin, I mean, he costs three million. It's meant to be a backup. Does it really matter for me? And not because of his ability, because I think he should still be number one. But I think I've got to look at Carius is the worst because he should be our first choice and in the end we were stuck with Mignolet for, for another full season. So I'm going to go with Carius just to be different but nothing on the player because I believe he shouldn't have been dropped and still been more just from how it turned out. Are you looking at it from, from a sort of common sense financial aspect? Yeah. Uh, Dave, yourself? Well, I agree He's the worst player is Carius but that's only because I saw him. So there, there's, just, <laughs> there's, no, there's, no, there's no place for that at Liverpool Football Club. So... I'm, I'm not interested in that at all. So he can he can slide on. Best, obviously, Mane. He's just isn't he? He's just he's just really 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 good. Isn't he? Just really good at football. And um, like Johnny said earlier, you, you, you didn't imagine the impact he would have when he came. So uh, like I, I'm pretty sure everybody sitting talking now scoffed a little bit at 34 million for him. But it's it's guilty. It's not it's not big money. It's it's a fucking bargain. Let's be honest. Based on this season, it's a bargain. So my point is, I'll I'll, I'll reserve my judgment on on who he brings in this year until I see what he wants to do with them and how he fits into how he wants to play. Because that and you know similarly to with with Wijnaldum, because how he's contributed this season, you know most assists um, in the squad in the league. So and and goals. But the goals, they're they're big goals. They're fucking they're dirt. Do you know what they are? They're dirt kite goals. That's what they are. Uh-huh. They're big, big goals. So you know his contribution can't be can't be understated either. Would you agree with me that he has another level to go up? I feel I don't think we we've, we've even got the, near the best of him this season. Yeah, I agree. I I, I think I said you know during the season. At some point, that I still think that he's playing a little bit within himself, and I think there's more to come from him. And hopefully, you know, his, his career has been managed really well so far by his by his agents and and his staff and, and all that crack. Whatever footballers have these days, his fucking entourage behind them. And it was it was no surprise and and that he went to Newcastle to try and further his career, and and he's done so. So I think he's in the right place, and I think you'll see. More progression from him next year, um, but he's he's a, he's become a real favourite of mine. Dave, I think that it's a good point with him. I mean, I think we're doing him as well. He's one of these players. He keeps everything simple. He keeps the ball moving forward. He just he keeps things ticking, and he's very intelligent. And I think the more quality we add to that team around him, you know, if we get a man in that midfield that can 
dribble a wee bit and go past and a wee bit more quality up front. His the jobs he does, you know, really well in the centre of the midfield. It suddenly start to get a lot more credit for it. It's just funny the way football is, but when you really start to dominate games, that's where you really see his value. He's a really good signing, no doubt about it. Uh, it's the same with Coutinho, Johnny. You know, you don't the way Coutinho played those last two games, playing from deep. He doesn't look anywhere near the player is unless he has Sturridge playing ahead of him. He just doesn't because he doesn't have the same movement. He doesn't. He doesn't have the same options. He doesn't have the intelligence dragging defenders here, there and everywhere and opening up space for everybody else. So you're right, really intelligent footballers, you can utilise their skills far more by increasing the quality around them. And then, Neil, give us yours. Well, best probably Mane has to be, isn't it? I guess. Uh, I was I was completely sceptical. I was, I was really sceptical when we signed him, so I hold my hands up. was wrong with that. I was just like, it's another Southampton player, we're overpaying again, but he set the world alight when he came... It's just a bit of a shame that it was cut short. Two different occasions. The worst, as I said before, is probably Clavin. I can't say it's Carius because I don't think that he should have been taken out. I don't think he did a whole lot wrong. I think he had something like two mistakes. He dabs, mate. Dabs. He dabs. He dabs and saves the goal. That's fine by me. I was just, just looking there now while these guys were having another there at the top 10 saves. And his, his fucking saves... Two saves at Southampton in the League Cup, they're phenomenal. Those those are the type of saves that Mignolet doesn't make. Like Mignolet makes yeah, Mignolet makes great saves sometimes, but he always seems to be making them the by accident. No, but yeah. he seems to be making the saves by accident. It's like he fell into the, from the ball, he wasn't actually meaning to be there. <laughs> Whereas if you look at the first carry save against Southampton. Don't hold back But it's it's if you talk if you talk to people who are uh, who are goalkeepers, you know a lot about goalkeepers, they say that he just, he doesn't do what a normal goalkeeper should do. This is Vignolet, like, he doesn't stand the way a goalkeeper does, he doesn't save. Like, he saves things with his feet that he should be saving with his hands. A weird one, I don't know. And Karius, for me, I still, every mistake and every goal that was Vignolet's fault from when Karius was taken out was Klopp's fault, and I said it at the time, because there was no point in bringing Karius in if you weren't going to play him, because we, he's a young keeper, he had to get used to the league, and I don't think there was any way that he was going to make enough mistakes that it was going to cost us either way because he wasn't making serious mistakes. He got something like 10, 11 starts or whatever and made two two errors. That's, that's pretty standard. So I'm, I'm not I'm not having that he was the worst signing. I think it's Clavin for me. But it's a good sign that I, I'm saying Clavin because it was a three million pound signing. Like we don't seem we did last season we didn't seem to make those stupid signings that we made when we were under Rodgers where half of them were really good and half of them were really bad. So it's progress. It's like I said, Neil, if, if we do the same business this summer as we did last summer, I'll be fucking delighted because there's real success. Yeah, as long as we're not buying a three million pound centre back. But then again, we've already bought a three million pound striker today, so maybe that's our clavin for next year. <laughs> well, here, John, I know you, you, you've got mixed up, so is, is there any honourable mentions you want for your one? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's pretty simple for me because Manny was my player of the season and he was. It'd be my signing of the season. I'm a player of the season. I just thought, man, I was electric. I think, you know, from the first game at Arsenal, that goal, big goal in the Derby. You know, both big goals in the Derby against Everton, you know, those six points, injury time, and then the one that, that broke the deadlock. Um, I just thought he was he was brilliant. I agree, the names that are popping up, and there's no surprises with them. Coutinho, as I've always wanted, uh, when he dropped deeper, Dave makes a good point. He does look a better player with Sturridge's movement. Like any creative player that can thread a ball, wants a player like Sturridge, who's always looking for the space, always looking to get him behind. Mane, Ronaldo, you know, Chan, Coutinho, they were they were definitely our, our, our standout players over over the course of the, the season. And, you know, those guys are the main reason. And I will say as well, we haven't mentioned them, but Firmino had a, had a good season as well. You know, Firmino continues to me to be a really important part of the team. We can just do so much. Um, I think there was times where he looked a bit tired. Maybe that's where he'd benefit from a bit more options up there to give him a rest. I think for you know, Firmino had a steady season, and I think that that, that nucleus of players was what got them the end. No, no, hard to disagree with uh, any of those, John. I say Firmino. I think sometimes he, he he's so undervalued in, in, in what he does off the ball. Um, you know, he he is our ball winner. He, he comes away with the ball and he's no right to. And, and, and that's what I love about him. And, and I think in a club team, that's really, really important. 
But listen, before we close, lads, I think sorry, have... Dave. Just to just to just to cross you there. Sorry about that. Um, I think oh, you just just based on what you said there, I think it would would be remiss not to mention the season that Lallana's had. Absolutely, because, because he he took a ter- terrible lot of shit from from us last season, and you know he he's he's made us all the humble pie. I, I I conform to that, Dave. Yeah, so um, I, I think he's been as, as important as anybody to the way we've played this season. You know, he's shown guts and he's, he's turned his career around and he's, he's won the fans over. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, I think, as I say, I think it would have just been remiss not to mention him. Uh, and he had a rough crowd here for, for last season. <laughs> I must admit, Jesus, but I'm two twos and all sorts. Uh, we give him a death. But did anybody else want to bring anything up before we close? Speak now, forever hold your peace. Boring. Okay, oh. okay then. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll take a r- quick run around the table and uh, we can do our plugs and mentions. Uh, Neil, yourself, far away. Yeah, it's just the usual. You can get me at uh, Purple Man on Twitter. Purple Man with a B. I don't really write or do much else, really, uh, other than just annoy everybody's head on Twitter. But yeah, come along. Why do you not? You're, you're very good at writing. We need to get you writing more. We need to get you angry more. Uh, well, maybe that should have, I should have said that was my low point, actually, because... After the whole result, it actually made me <laughs> write the first thing I've written since my d- dissertation <laughs> at fucking university. <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, well, there you go. maybe I'll, maybe I'll write next season. So maybe if you if follow me now, uh, it might come up trumps for you in six months' time <laughs> when we when we field again. <laughs> oh, don't be saying that! Don't be saying that! I'm, just and John yourself up to anything? Uh, working with find you? Blah blah blah. No, not up to anything. Just looking forward to. Chilling out now for a few weeks in the summer, and I'm on uh, Twitter at Ubinlad. If anyone wants to give me a follow, um, there's a lot of election stuff on there, so maybe, maybe just leave it for a couple of weeks and then start following me when I'll be back to football. I agree with that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing people's fucking head. I'm doing people's head. I'm confined. Eating stuff from home at the edge, you just fucking shut the internet down. You don't worry that shit no more. No, 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 no thanks. Dave, yourself. Uh, obviously, you know, gardening equipment to plug this week. I'm, I'm so excited to, to see what you've come up with. No, no gardening this week, Dave. I'm going to plug, uh, I'm going to plug Ali's 11 Pieces of Me. Um, it's, it's a really good listen. So uh, get on that um, for your commute or whenever you listen to other irregular podcasts. And also international football. I don't know what everybody's beef is about international football and why I think international football so shit and then everybody sits down and watches the Euros and everybody sits down and watches the World Cup every year so you know there's international football in the next couple of weeks just watch it the under 20 World Cup going on at the minute I've I've only managed to catch some highlights of some brilliant young players there as well you know and and this sort of snobbery at the moment international football is not club football there's still some good international teams out there Dave yeah, so watch your fucking watch watch your international football. All right, Ali. I'll watch it so long as it's not during the season. Will it be Scotland though? <laughs> See that, that to me that's not international. That's a straight so that I watch it. <laughs> fucking non league football. He's, he's the most unscottish Scott that I ever came across. No, there's not much to get raised no, none, none whatsoever. <laughs> you know, no, no, Scott's I know are like watch Braveheart and fucking storm the border. You know, like fuck it, like, Ali's not part of that at all. I, I don't get it. Well, Ali, I came to you last because I know you've probably more to plug because you're fucking filming my uh, drop bar here, even as I speak. Yeah, just finished the latest uh, eleven pieces of me. Um, so just check them out. Thanks for the plug, Mister Dunnan. I really enjoyed last week's one with Richard. So just yeah, check out check out them all. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter at AliThompson84. There you go. From from my own perspective, as I mentioned, the Under-20 World Cup with a couple of pods out there. I can see at the minute from South Americans' perspective on that. Uh, we will be covering Confeds. Uh, Adam Brandon's going to be doing that. We are recording at the weekend the first of our scouting podcast, which will just run as and when they get time to do it. We can come at you three or four profiles at a time. The idea is sort of try and sort of build a bit of database on younger players, maybe out, some sort of out of the public eye. We've got a new Portugal pod coming for you for the start of the season. We've a new Bundesliga crew coming for the start of the season. Uh, I'll be tying that up tomorrow, hopefully, uh, and more news on that. Um, I'm going to say we're we're a bit reduced, obviously, over, over the summer. Although I say South America are far and stuff at me faster than I can edit it. 
and eleven piece of me the same. So you know, uh, I think Ali, just to bring you back in, we're, we're, we're going to change the format a little bit for eleven piece of me. Maybe you want to have a wee word about that. Yeah, Friday will be our last episode of the the current format. Um, myself and Gav are going to change it up for a couple of months with just people's fantasy teams of current players and have a little competition going, and then we'll get back. 11 pieces of me proper when the season starts going again, but we're going to have a wee chat and get some rules in place because we're getting some, a bit... Some different <laughs> rules. <laughs> yeah. Um, you'll enjoy tonight's pod that we recorded tonight. Uh, five debut players in it, so it was a bit, bit better to talk about instead of saying the same things about the same players over and over again. As good as these players are, there is only so much we can say. So we're going to freshen it up a bit and start again once the season starts, but we're going to have a different a wee different play about it during the summer, so hopefully everybody has a listen in and enjoys it. Well, again, just one last one on my own part. Um, this will be the last time that, that our pod will be going out on the uh, the cop left feed on SoundCloud. If you haven't already done so, switch over to the World Football Index where you'll find us. You can find us there now. We've been there for, I think, the last four or five pods. We will be back as soon as there's transfer news um, we will we'll do a pod, even as you know, a quick, hour, quick half hour splash and dash pod. We, we'll do something on it for you um, over the course of the summer. And hopefully there'll be a lot of pods in uh, as these stories break. And that's, that's that's my own opinion. And obviously we'll be back you know, once, once pre-season starts and so on, we'll get the pods back up and run. But just thank you for persisting with us throughout the season. We've been a bit hit and miss. Uh, well, hopefully next season we'll, we'll be a little bit more uh, organised now under the World Football Index umbrella. Just massive thanks to the guys for, for being on throughout the season. And, you know, the likes of Amara, the likes of Neil, who are not here, massive thanks to you. The likes of, you know, the guests who have come on throughout the season as well. Many, many thanks to everybody for taking the time to join us here. And until we have some news, I'm not saying until next season, until we have some transfer news, everybody here, goodbye. Bye.